0: God and a protector. This we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're up, Minister Gilbert. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I've been asking God to help me with the anxiety part all day. I think that's the one part I'm not going to get away with but I know that y'all praying for me so I love you and I thank God for that. I'm so glad that you were able to not just come out for me but because you knew if even if I wasn't here Jesus was going to be in the place. Hallelujah. I um I thank and praise God of being able to have a lot of areas that I was able to work in in my life and and uh, singing was one of them, and doing different things. I always had a problem if they asked me to come and sing something, if I had to sell tickets to it. I don't have time for that. (laughs) Praise God. If you want me to come do something, I don't mind coming to do something, but I had a hard time dealing with the promotion aspect, because I always felt uncomfortable with the fact of asking somebody to come and see me do something. I like to do stuff, and I didn't And, you know, I was a little nervous if you did come and I was appreciative, but I didn't want to ask because it was like, no, you don't want to draw that kind of attention on purpose. So if I had to do it, then nobody was definitely coming to the show because I wasn't selling anything. Praise God. So I figured instead of going through all of that, especially when it comes to the house of the Lord, no matter who is in this space, praise God, you know that Jesus is going to be here. And I'm praying that's the reason that you came. Good morning, Pastor and First Lady. I thank and praise God for you. I hope you're resting and and, and enjoying your time away. We miss you so much, and we're excited when you come back. And then it's all your turn again for the next 26-plus years. Praise God. We love our pastor and our first lady. And we do want to continue to keep praying for them. They need our prayers like they pray for us and stand in the gap for us. Our pastor and our first lady, not just because they are unit in marriage, but do we know that the woman of God that stands behind the man of God, all that she has to endure and pushing and praying and moving forth to cover the man of God, we love you too, first lady. I thank and praise God for my children and especially I thank and praise God for my husband today because as you know, when the enemy is, is angry with you because you're doing your best, on being obedient to God, he throws everything but the kitchen sink at you. So I had been studying and praying, knowing that there was a time passing and first lady was going to rest, and get, take a break and go on vacation, and then get studying. and just prepare for whatever. Not that I had to do something, but the Bible says be also ready. And so I wanted to be prepared and just in case God said, you have an assignment and you will be called. So I did all my study and I put everything down and I went and I said, okay, I'm fine. God bless me. Everything's is prayed for. I'm going to print this out in the morning because it was late. I had already did everything all week. How about I went to go try to print everything out? And there was no paper in the printer, praise God. I was like, okay, all right. That's all right. That's all right. So then I asked my husband. He was like, well, babe, you know, you got to hurry up and get ready. You know, God is going to use you today. I said, yeah, but, but it's not printing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he said, okay, well, you need to check it. Maybe we don't have any ink in the printer. I said, what you mean by that? No, what you mean? Okay. Praise God. I said, God, I don't know what you're getting ready to do, but I know you're getting ready to do something amazing. So I thank and praise God because even though he wasn't able to come and be with me, he was pushing me forward and praying for me. And he was like, I'll take care of it. Send it to me. And I sent it and he was able to get out for me. So I thank and praise God for you, babe. Thank you. I thank and praise God for my church family. I love y'all more than y'all would even imagine. I think about y'all, I talk about y'all all the time. I talk about how loving you are. I know it's a lot of people, we can look around and see how mean and evil people are to one another. And we purposely find and make space for the time to love on one another in this place. I invite you for those who have gotten comfortable in these spots when you could just click on the button and just watch services where you are. I'm not taking anything away from that, but it's something about being in the house of God. There's something about being with His people. There's something about the anointing of God that we can connect and touch one another. There's healing in that touch. God allows His anointing to bless us in that place in that touch. You need to be in the house. You need to be in a house because the times that we're living in now, we're going to need to have to connect to one another. Which brings me to my message today. As the pastor says, let us know that our theme is, you know, trusting God is not an option. It's the only option. The subtitle that I want to bring before you today is worship, honor, and praise by any means necessary. Hallelujah. Worship honor, and praise by any means necessary. Thank you, Lord. I know you're praying with me. Thank you, Jesus. I love
1: you, Lord, and I lift my soul. Rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, my soul, it loves Jesus. My, my soul, Lord, you know it loves you, Jesus. My heart. I bless, I bless his holy name. There is a name I love to hear, I love to see his praise. music to my ears, the sweetest, the sweetest name I know, oh, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh!
0: Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. It is nothing like the love of Jesus. Nothing like the love of Jesus. He loves us so much. Despite of ourselves, God, we want to thank and praise you for this opportunity, God, that you would see fit to even use just little old me, God. I have studied and I have prayed, and God, only you can anoint your word that it might be effective. For your children, God, allow me to decrease that you might increase and put the devil on the run in his tracks. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to please bless all of those who are hearing today. That they might see you, God, illuminated in everything in your splendor, God. We love you and honor you and praise you, God, for all that you've done and everything you've yet to do in this moment. And God bless you as you order our steps to a future. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Elder, at the last minute. Praise God. As I told you before, my subtitle for our message today is Worship, Honor, and Praise by Any Means Necessary. And if you could please meet me in the book of Acts chapter 27. I'm just going to read two verses, verses 23 and 24. The way that God gave me this message today is going to be uh, presented as a narrative. And for those who don't understand what that means, narrative is like telling a story. Praise God. God gives us certain things in certain ways. And sometimes we just need to hear a really good story. It was a lot of stories that God gives us references to about what happened and going before us that allowed us to get to where we are today. And so if sometimes we would think when we approach the word and how we should study and how we should internalize it and study and feast on it and and take away some of the nuances of the those and thous just because the language might seem a little different, you will understand it's an amazing love story with a lot of little chapters in it. And even though this book was written so many years ago, way before our time, the relevancy of that love story applies to us because we see it unfolding today. See, if those who are confused about whether there is a God and you're questioning what kind of God that is and men wrote the book and all this kind of little things and nonsense that the world wants to fight over, it had to be inspired by God because the things that are in that book is unfolding today. So I'm reading the NIV version. It says, last night, an angel of the Lord God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Praise the Lord. The narrative story that I wanna talk about today is about our brother Paul. And it ties into worship, honor, and praise by any means necessary, because if you read the book of Acts and you learned anything about our brother Paul, he was a persecutor of Jews. He was a persecutor of Jesus' followers. Before we call them Christians today, they were followers of the way. They're simply believers, They, they, they were, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ who had went to the cross and was crucified and died for us and came back, got off, came back to redeem us because it wouldn't do us a whole lot of good if Jesus died and stayed there. The anointing and the power that saves us through his blood today is because he got up. Hallelujah. So you had all of these followers in the land that was following and believing and talking about what they have witnessed, what they have known about Jesus. And then you had a big kingpin in, in the church at that time who was killing these people off. They were study, studying and talking about God of heaven and he's coming back and our savior and our redeemer because they didn't like being under the rule of Caesar. They didn't like the control that the enemy was doing at that time. And so he was a persecutor of the people of God. I like to give you three, I always try to give us some words with definition and meaning because my prayer is that not only us who are old enough to listen and adhere, that that can hear the things of God, but I don't want it to be lost on our children. That The Bible is not just for grown folks, it's for adults too. And sometimes we do need to elaborate and give some definition and meaning. And then some of us adults who don't necessarily know the meaning, but we know how we feel about it. We don't want to have anybody feeling like they're ashamed to ask the question. So I'm just going to put it out there. Praise God. I want to give to you, present worship as being a verb. And that's to show reverence and adoration for a deity or honor with religious rites. In a biblical context, the Old Testament describes worship really as constantly changing throughout time because it reflects worship and prayer and sacrifice unto God. They created altars everywhere they went. Everywhere God did something for them, an altar was created. We worship God there. They sacrificed God there. And throughout time, all of these things kind of progressed slowly until they came upon building a temple so that they could have a place, an art. So that we can come and worship God in a place, pretty much like we do in church today. Hallelujah. They was focused on being able to get to that place. So no matter where you were, and they didn't have nice Teslas and Hondas and Lexuses to get to those churches. They was walking. Many of them. In deserts from province to province. And they had to go and they was having these places of worship where they can go and pray and sacrifice unto the Lord. However, in the New Testament, it suggests that the same reference and adoration applies. However, the changes, the focus from being presented in a particular place, in a particular place, and on to the person of our Savior Jesus Christ. We can find that backed up in Matthew 12 and 6 where it says, I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. That was Jesus talking to us, talking to the disciples. In Hebrews 10, 19 and 20, it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have the confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. So no longer are we pressed to have to go into the place for worship. We worship Jesus Christ himself. We worship the God of heaven himself. The next word that I want to bring before you is honor in the form of a noun, which is to high respect, great esteem, and the verb fulfill, which is an obligation or to keep an agreement. So an example of, um, of esteem, we can say revelations and 11a that you are worthy oh lord and god to receive glory honor and power for you created all things that's a worthy god that's worthy of honor and then we want to give the example for fulfillment it says there's proverbs 3 and 9 honor the lord with your wealth honor the lord when we bring our tithes and offerings we honoring god with our wealth and all the first fruits of our crops. Now that was then when they did a lot of farming and all that, but that still applies to us today because any and everything that we got, how about it's been given by the Lord. If he didn't give it to us, we couldn't have it. So how are we robbing God by not giving back to him first? He increases when we bless him first. The last word that I want to bring before you is praise in the form of a noun, which is an expression of approval and adoration for someone or something. And for there, I just want to submit to you the whole book of Psalms. All through Psalms, we are praise ye the Lord. Praise and honor to our God. Praise ye heavenly hosts. Praise ye, praise ye, praise ye the Lord. We can look through all of our Psalms and know that everything that hath breath must praise the Lord. So the backdrop is a short description of Paul's journey to Rome before Caesar. Now, what I like about Paul is that his demeanor as the person who he was, as Saul, was magnified when Jesus knocked him off his horse and changed his name to Paul. See, in today's time, we hear a lot of people say that money makes you the person who you really are. I'd like to present before you that Jesus can make you the person who you really are. So a lot of times we think that the person who was loud mouthed and all excited to party and do all these things before Christ, those things don't necessarily change. God just changes you so that you can come now and witness and work it before his people in Christ. Nobody said that when you get saved, you have to stop dancing. Nobody said you had to stop singing and you can't have a party. There's nothing like partying in Jesus. So the person who you really are will continue to be that person only for the Holy Ghost when you decide to surrender to Christ. So Paul was that same person. He was, you know, kind of uppity. You know, he knew what he knew because he studied, he was raised. And how about even through all this time, God had a purpose and plan for his life. Even as a child, the Bible tells us that he knew us when we was being knitted together and formed in our mother's womb. Come on now, it wasn't a mistake that he became the person that he was when he was persecuting the Jews, but God was setting him up to to be a blessing for purpose. It wasn't a mistake that he was going around killing the people in the way, the the way the followers that it wasn't a mistake that he had to go through this way because he had to be positioned to be noticed, to be seen, because God was going to use that. See, a lot of people can say that they love you and everything when they meet you at first sight, but the ones who really know you who know you before you became that elevated person in Christ. So these people, he had to be seen in the arena of which he was, because some people can only be prepared to go into certain places. And so he was one of those persons. He was somebody, somebody. So all over the land he went and he was kind of persecuting Jews and believers all over the place until God knocked him off of his horse. Now this is important because we could use our sanctified imagination and infer that once Paul became the follower of the way, the persons whom he had persecuted, they weren't very welcoming and accepting when he came over. They they wasn't his friend. They, They didn't like him. Not at all, you see. And those who were even afraid of them. See, you can't just be beating on people and killing people and all of a sudden say, hey, we're friends now. I'm sorry. That don't work. Praise the Lord. Not in today's time. I either got to suit up and get up ready in my matrix position or I got to be running, depending on the type of person that you are. And so it seems that, you know, he's now betrayed the church of which he stood for and was also a prestigious leader of the law. Now he, too finds himself taken captive as as a criminal for promoting the name of Jesus. Just as he was a champion of putting believers in prison and having them slaughtered, he was now preparing for the same fate. And the believers that weren't afraid of him had a certain disgust for him. It seemed like he had no friends. How about it? it can be lonely when you are being called and chosen by God if you don't have nobody. To support you. Praise God. That's why thank you is always in order when you're coming to the house of God and you're blessing the man or woman of God before you. They don't take it for granted. It is not easy to stand before and be a vessel for God because you don't want to be in error and you want to be able to give what God has given you. So we find in the book of Acts that God called and equipped various armor bearers who would be instrumental in assisting Paul to carry out the mission he was purposed by God. Case in point, our brother. The Apostle Luke, he actually wrote the ministry of Paul's life all the way through. It wasn't Paul. He hadn't had time for that. So somebody, God blessed him to have that. He had armor bearers. He had Brother Timothy in, in tow. He had Brother Silas. God will bless you with who he needs you to be with in order to carry out his purpose and his plan by any means necessary. Once these persons are in place, the story begins to unfold as Paul brought his first brought his first I wanna say his testimony. Today's time will be a testimony, but he had to state his case before the Sanhedrin because they needed to understand why such a learned man of God all of a sudden changed his way. They couldn't understand it. So here now we got a way of where our testimony service came out of before we got to the point where it was redundant. and We just thank the Lord for being here today who's first in my life. I just wanna let y'all know I was going down to the store. And you know, this person tried to cross me the wrong way where we started taking testimony and taking for granted. This man had to go before the Sanhedrin and say, listen, God knocked me down and blinded me. I can't explain to you why I can't do it the way y'all taught me all my life. All I can tell you is that Jesus called me and asked me, why am I persecuting his people? So he had to give his testimony and let them know y'all wasn't there, but he was. And it was important that the armor bearers that was with him at that time got a chance to see this. I told you it's important who's around because it was not so much that we're worried about how Paul had to hurry up and get to Caesar and state his case. But it was all the people that was watching Paul's life that needed to be saved in the process because they knew who he was before compared to where God elevated them to be today. So Paul gives his testimony time and time and again, and he's dragged from province to province until he angers a high priest who was actually about to free him because his story sounded so good. But he angered the high priest because he told the high priest that he wanted to share his testimony directly to Caesar himself and that his credentials meant nothing. So now you done offended the high priest of the church. You done told him that his credentials wasn't good enough and he's upset with him. And so now he was instrumental. God even used that high priest to be able to further his purpose and plan in Paul's life. How many know that God will use anything by any means necessary to get his plan across? It wasn't a mistake that Pharaoh's heart was hardened against the people of God when Moses had to bring him out time and time again and God put a stop to that and allowed Pharaoh's heart to be hardened so that he could show himself strong, so that he could show the place, so that he could show the miracles, so that nobody can question at no point in time that it was just by chance or, or it was going to go this way, that only God himself was going to free these people. There's a reason and a purpose and a plan for everything that's happening in and around us. So Paul is setting his heads for Rome. He's a prisoner and he's chained up with many other criminals that are held for all sorts of crimes, not just for being a believer. You had some that was murderers. Paul was one of them. You had some that was liars. You had some that wasn't thinking about Jesus, but all of these people in tow were on this vessel and they were headed for Rome. And so as we're thinking about where Paul used to came, where he used to come from, when he had good food and he was in a nice, cozy place, and you know, because you, when you esteemed, you get nice luxuries. Well, if you've ever been to some of the prisons that's going on in, in our United States today, they don't always treat our prisoners like human beings. The places are supposed to be to rehabilitate and help men get back into being a natural society and correct them, but a lot of times your CEOs is a little worse than the criminals that you're in there with and they beat them and they starve them and they make them be cold. So he had to endure a whole transformation because God has elevated not for the priestly position he was in but for the purpose that what God called them to be by any means necessary. So while at sea Paul and the other prisoners with him all aboard this vessel was about 276 men in total. They run into a nor'easter which is a perfect storm. Now in a vessel that would be completely demolished and torn apart to the natural eyes, even their lives should have perished. But Paul, not being able to stop himself from being himself, he already knew that the storm was coming. And he tried to tell it to the soldiers that maybe it's not wise to set sail right now. Not that I'm trying to get out of it, but you know, I know a storm is coming and this might not go well for you. and We're all probably going to be in certain danger, but naturally... Paul is a prisoner now. They don't have to listen to him. And it's here where the scripture comes to life that we heard the Lord promise the mission that he had for Paul. God had a plan and he designed the situation perfectly that he would get glory and honor and praise through Paul's life by any means necessary. The reality of Paul's demise was ever before him. As the soldiers was given strict orders to carry out, there was no room for failure. This lends to the fact that it was in a chance that if Paul or any of the prisoners were to get free, the soldiers were to kill them. Because if they didn't and they got back, their lives would have been at stake and taken. So after a near death experience by drowning was not enough to shake his faith, Paul encountered what would be an even more fatal experience once he landed on the island of Malta. So being a servant of Christ, Paul did not ask anyone to do anything he was not willing to do himself. For those of us who look at the pulpit as being an exciting place to be because people can see you, it's not just here where we worship and honor and praise God. It's not just here where ministry is done. Ministry is done when we get down from here and somebody says, I haven't eaten today. Can you help me out without worrying about can you pay me back? Ministry is done when you know that somebody needs some clothes and you just got a a couple out. You got clothes in your closet with tags on them that you know you ain't wearing no more, that you can go and be a blessing, not necessarily ask for a donation. Come on, because I'm talking about me too. As you know, I got wishful thinking. I said, if I hold on to this outfit a little while longer, I might can fit it again. Mm -mm, God said, let it go. God said, let it go. Ministry is not just here where we can share what we study in our own private Bible time, Bible study time. It is what we do for the people of God when we're away from this place. Because people can see and by your testimony that this person is not saying something, they live in something. So Paul wanted to be a part of it. You know, he, the, no one was lost, no one ran away. Did, the soldiers didn't have to fear for their lives and kill anybody. He said, We're all here. God already said, even in, in the, the, the 24th verse, that he is graciously allowed all those that are with you to be with you. So even at this point, he's witnessing to these men who were murderers and liars and rapers and all these things. They are now watching God unfold in this man's life and accepting Jesus into their own. So he went to go get some firewood. And what seems to be like, you know, an unusual kindness when they got to this place, the people of that land, they were so kind to them. They fed them and they warmed them because it was still raining, even when they just washed up on shore and it was cold. So Paul went to go get this firewood and lo and behold, when he went to go get it, a poisonous snake, a viper, latched onto his hand. Now, if you're anything like me, I'm not fond of any of all of God's beautiful creatures. I'm sure it's a reason for that. And I'm just not fond of all of them. But this thing latched onto his hand. And the people of that land knew that with this particular snake, it was certain death. They was waiting for convulsions and different things. So they always looking. The people that was with them and the people in and, and you know how we do just newsy. Ain't nobody gonna run to him and see if he need any help. We just gonna drive, we just gonna watch. We on the highway, a car accident went on, and the car, the stopping traffic on the other side don't have nothing to do with where you going or what you doing. The accident is not on your side, but where everybody's stopping and looking. Ooh, y'all see that? Ooh, nobody got out and said, do you need any help? Can I bless you in any type of way? But you holding up my traffic, I got to get the way I got to go, praise God. So they watching because they want to see what's supposed to happen. We find this in Acts 28 and three. So the host of the land concluded because, you know, now we talking Mm, something must, you know, God don't like ugly. I don't know why that happened, but apparently this couldn't be a man. And God, he must have been a bad man because he just barely washed upon shore. Now he's going to get bit by a viper. You know, he's getting ready to go down. It's not looking good for him. I don't know why that happened to that person. They must have did something nasty to somebody else and God is paying you back. You know, God do what you do. It ain't me this time. But you know how we do. We looking, we wait, and we watching to see what God is going to do. But the Islanders and the men that were with him, they all watched and, and they were looking. And Paul went on back and forth and started continuing to put the fire in the in the wood in the fire. And they all looking trying to wait and see what's happening. And only thing they can see is this man continues to move back and forth. He didn't get sick. He ain't coughing. He ain't seizing. He should have had the flu. Nothing was going on, and especially since that viper didn't take him out like it was supposed to. Then people got afraid. It was, this man must surely be a man of God because nothing happened. So that we're not mistaken, it is truly a blessing and an honor to be called and chosen by God to be a service, to be on assignment. And to all of them who was looking glamorous and all of those type of things, I told you, it's not even about being in the front all the time because church takes place outside of these four walls. And it's good that we have a place to come to where we can worship and and be with each other and encouraging each other and lift each other as we lift up the most high. But it's to a dying world that God said we're supposed to go and make disciples. If we only sit here with each other, when is that taking place? Hallelujah. So the most important key to remember is that our God is our father. and He's in control and his word would not return to him void. He said that even if that event will come to pass, you can stand on a promise that his word will do just what it says it will do. So, while the crux of the story might seem to suggest how a man was able to find himself in a major nor'easter in his life for that natural desire, how about the nor'easter was the whole, total, complete sum of the perfect storm of Paul's life? It will land him before an audience who is known to be one of the most notable rulers of the world at that time. However, I will present to you that the love of a father who will use anyone and anything in all manner of situations to cause his children to come to him and be reunited with him by any means necessary. The word of God says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's in Romans 10 and 13. The other disciples was given their assignments as well, and they were supposed to go and make disciples and reconcile the chosen of God to return to the father. But Paul's assignment, was to go and gather those who wanted to be loved for our father and who would otherwise not have the opportunity because they didn't fit the bill. They wasn't the goody good ones. They didn't follow any laws particularly. They wasn't the cleanest ones that come and want their particular seat on the front row of church because they got the nice bling on with their outfits. So some of them came directly from work and just wanted to be able to get near God because they're tired. And even though they worked all the hours they possibly could, something happened with the check this week and they're living paycheck to paycheck. They don't have a lot to give because there's babies at home that need to be fed. And they didn't get a chance to go and get their nails and their hair done and they don't have time to get a good old suit. And every time they try to come somewhere just to get love somewhere, somebody's pushing them off and pushing them back. And you can come in, but don't get close. You ain't smelling all that lovely today. I don't want you to kind of mess up anything. Paul was said to those people. Paul was sent to those people who didn't have, who would not give them another chance because they made a few mistakes in their life, you know. Some of them was out there doing a lot of things they had no business doing, and not so much of making excuses that it was good or bad or indifferent, but they were doing what they thought they knew the best to do. And when you're being led by the enemy, you don't have a lot of time to decipher, am I doing the right thing? You're just trying to do the thing. So Paul had to go to those people Paul had to go to the drug addict who the reason why they're doing drugs, they was abused when they was a baby and when they tried to tell, nobody wanted to help them. So now they didn't decide to go from the drugs and now they're out there being sex workers because they gotta fill their habit because they numb the pain that they feeling on the inside because they've not met Jesus just yet. So they don't know Jesus can heal you completely and totally. They don't know that he'll heal you from top to bottom, from inside out. They don't know that thing because you know the good ones, they got all of those messages Giving them today, But Paul's assignment was to go to them. Paul's assignment was to go to the woman who was trying her best because she didn't think that there's a reason why God ordained marriage so she can be joined together with one man so they can bring forth children into the kingdom of God. She didn't realize that and she didn't have boyfriend and boyfriend and boyfriend and boyfriend and she got children by each and every one of those boyfriends and she's by herself so now she's working the pole because she's trying to figure out none of these boyfriends want to help her feed the kids. Paul had to go to her. Because some of those nice church people wasn't nice to them. They didn't invite them into the place and say, guess what? I don't, you know, particularly agree. I don't have to align with what you're doing. But I know a man. I know a man that met me where I was when I was at my lowest. And he said, I love you. And I want to save you. I want you to join and connect with me. I have a purpose and a plan for your life. I'm going to use you in a good way because I love you. You're important to me. The word of God says you're beautifully, uniquely, and wonderfully made. God knew who you was even when you didn't know. Praise the Lord. God, Paul had to go to those people. Those people who were not wanted. Those people who didn't do the, the coolest things. Those people who even today might decide to come into church and some of their clothes is tighter and some of their clothes are shorter. And where every other church say, well, you can't come in here because you're looking like Jezebel. Paul had to go to her and say, baby, God said, come on in here with me. I want you, I want you in here. I don't have to worry about changing you because God is already fixed it. He's gonna change you all by himself. All I need you to do is come. So that you will know that you a queen. And when you really realize the queen that God has called you to be or the king that God has called you to be, it ain't about your outfit, but you are going to carry yourself accordingly because he's going to dress you. He's going to equip you. He want to let you know that you're worth it, that you are somebody, somebody, just because you is a king's kid. You're welcomed in this place. God went to, Paul had to send to those people. God had to send Paul to those people. That was his assignment. That was his assignment, praise the Lord. So Paul had to go into these people who were not privy to the love story in the beginning of the father who gave his only son to be crucified and and to die and to rise again. And and that they would have an opportunity to be joint heirs in a kingdom where the streets are made of gold. All of those things that we used to be about, used to do where we weren't welcome. God said he loves you so much that we're going to be joint heirs. We get to walk on the streets of gold where everybody else turns you away. He said, I want you. I love you. By any means necessary, Paul had to be knocked off of that horse, though, while his entourage was in tow so they could see him. They needed to see him go blind. They needed to see him talking and that God was talking to him and they couldn't understand what was going on. They needed to see these things because how about somebody's always looking to say something and they had to get the story right because they knew who Paul was before. So by any means necessary, he had been beaten, he'd been starved, he was dragged from province to province to share his testimony before a very people who knew who he was. And by any means necessary, the natural perfect storm that Paul had to endure was a direct reflection in what would be his life as God has orchestrated Paul's life in such a way that he would be recognized and accepted for the elite as well as the common man around him in order to prove and persuade by his life that Jesus is the son of God who die and got up from death and lives today. I would just like to bring before you that by any means necessary, God will allow the enemy to wreak havoc throughout the earth. If it causes his children to come back home, he will, he will, he'll do that. You know, he did it for Pharaoh. He said, listen, I'm not letting the people go nowhere. Told Moses, you can tell God and everybody else because y'all not leaving here. I need you to get on these pyramids and these to look pretty when I'm gone. So just like in that time and just today, God will allow the pandemic and all the various mutations and variations in the Omicron and the Molky Paul and all these other things that's going, he'll allow it to come because we got so last and comfortable and lazy, we forgot to know how to call on the name of Jesus. So, but now if you got a pandemic that'll locked you down in your house and you're scared to go out, who you gonna call? My God, by any means necessary. If it takes us to have that child who decided to thrive in the world and they think it's better than what your parents have taught you and you wanted to seek the lord and all of those things god let us know by any means necessary if we taught the child in the way that it should go best to believe going to come back and i already said that when god says a word it won't return to him boy so when you got lex and comfortable and you thought you was doing real good but your baby started acting up and god allowed him to go out there who you going to call Jesus by any means necessary. If it takes the pressure of trying to hold on to that man or that woman for a false companionship and the pain of a broken heart has you paralyzed, all you can say is Jesus by any means necessary. See, it takes the leadership, even if it takes leadership of a godless government to declare right is wrong and wrong is right and threaten the very existence of the liberty to worship, honor, and praise God. How about if you're paying attention to the news, which most of us do that more than we do our very own Bibles, if you don't wake up and stand up and say something, the enemy is trying to shut you down and we need to be calling on Jesus by any means necessary. It is a privilege and honor to be able to live in a place where we have the freedom to be able to not just sit at our tables and watch the services or hear it on our phones, but to come into the house of God because there are places being bombed, blew up with people in them, shut down because it's forbidden for them to call on the name of Jesus. And we have gotten so far away from our father and doing what we're supposed to do and being obedient on staying true and staying in our word and studying that we've got lax and lazy and the enemy thinks he's in control. And God will bring us back our attention to him by any means necessary. So he'll allow the government to act up. He'll allow the government to tear some things down. He'll allow you to be so to a point comfortable where you forget that if you don't use your voice to vote, you won't have a voice to vote. We have to be diligent in knowing our word and watching this news by any means necessary. So God has already fulfilled his promise to give us that purpose for our lives. And it is by this means that we should all to be ready. We should all be too ready to fulfill whatever assignment that he has for us. I believe we are living in an incredible time that was foretold by God long ago. God is calling on you and me, on you and me, on you and you and you and you and me to get on our jobs and be on our assignment. By any means necessary, we need to get to church beyond the walls and love on somebody by any means necessary. We don't have time to have, have a headache today. I can't go because I don't feel good. God never does any of that today. I can't go because I got another, I got another appointment. I wanted to go and see this show and that's cutting into my time, but I could go ahead and rewind the tape and pull it up on YouTube later. But God said, by any means necessary, if I called you, if I've chosen you, I've got something for you to do. We need to be about our business by any means necessary. We need to tell somebody that Jesus loves them and he can save them by any means necessary. Even those that you would tell to your face that they don't like you. How about it's not about you? I don't have time to be worried about if you're gonna be my best friend. My job and my assignment today is to tell you that Jesus saves even you. I can't worry about if you're gonna like me after this or if I'm gonna get another turn to come back and all of those things. I have to be like when we was watching, I love that show Touched by an Angel. It seemed like to me, That, you know, Tessa and all them, everybody was doing work. And then Monica came in on the scene at the end and said, God loves you. (laughs) Praise the Lord. She didn't have a whole life. She got paid a whole lot of money. She said, all I came to do, all my assignment to do, I know we had to walk you through some things and some people had to do some stuff, but all she had to do was come and tell you that I'm here to tell you that God loves you and that Jesus saves and that everything that you're going through, if you follow Jesus, God will walk beside you. He didn't say he was going to make all of that stuff stop, but he's going to equip you for that storm and that Nori Easter that you get ready to go through because he has a purpose and a plan for you. He loves you. Very much. So much that he gave his only son to die for you and washed all the sins of the world to be put upon him just because he loved us. That don't tell you that you special. I don't know what will. Hallelujah. So it's not about you. We we need to stand flat footed on the word and the promises of God to say, for God I live and for God I die. And it's okay that those who were supposed to be my friends are not my friends no more. That's all right, you know. If my job decides that I don't quite represent the company anymore because my political views are not until that's okay. My job is only to stand flat footed and tell you that God loves you and that Jesus saves. So does it doesn't matter? about all of these other things that seem to be taking our distraction away from Jesus coming back. Understand, y'all better watch the smoke and mirrors that's before you. We got money to start planning how many more space shuttles and trips we get ready to on all these other planets, but you can't get it right on the one that God already formed and mold you out of the one that you in. God is coming back. We need to be understanding that by any means necessary, he's trying to get your attention. So while you got all this noise and all these voices and all these things going on all around you, God is a small voice saying that I love you. And if you would just still yourself, I want to save you from this and bring you unto me. Hallelujah. So Paul went on to write the assistance, you know, with the assistance of Luke, the, the letters to the churches and to his armor bearers in faith. And to his son Timothy and he was afforded the opportunity to get before Caesar, just as God has promised. God already told him, you must. If God said you must, you must. If God, God don't even have to say you must. If he said you're going to do it, you're going to do it. But he told Paul, you must. There's a reason why he let Paul know that he must do this thing because he realized if he'd have told Paul everything that was he was gonna bless him with before him and what he had to go through before that, Paul would have asked him, God, I don't wanna go. I, I don't I don't wanna almost dry, drown in the middle of the sea and be on this great big old boat and it's not even the Titanic. It's not it's not even one of those nice little cruise, uh, you know, some of those nor Norwegian and carnival. It wasn't even of those ships. It was one of those smaller boats and there was a whole lot of people on there. And you mean to tell me this boat is going to get smashed and we're going to be flailing, trying to get to a land? I, I, don't, I don't know if I want you to use me, God. So he didn't give him everything right then and there, but God had a purpose. He said, you must stand before Caesar and get your testimony. Not so much that we was worried about Caesar getting saved, but although he very well could have had God purposed it, but what he did do was everybody that watched his life on his way to see God bless them and touch them in a certain way, people can also testify that this is showing sure enough a man of God I remember when she used to do this I remember when she used to talk like that, I remember who she was hooked up with her because I was with her when she did it I know who she was, so I know there's something different about that sister today there's something different about that brother today, he don't party with me like he used to no more because God said you must You must fulfill the purpose and plan that I have for you by any means necessary. Hallelujah. I'm done. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, Lord God, we thank you and we praise you and we honor you and we lift you up, Jesus. We don't always understand some of the winding roads in the past that you will have us on, God. We don't always like how it feels when our feelings is hurt. And it feels like we're by ourselves and and that our best friends turn out to be our most secret enemies. Lord, we don't always understand why you allow famine in some places, fires in other places, floods in other places. We don't don't always understand, God. But if you will just come, if you will come, God, and allow your spirit to be on me so that, God, we can stay focused on you to keep our eyes on the prize, God, we know that you will give us all the answers that we ask. Your word said, God, if we seek you, we shall find you. If we knock that the door shall be open before us, God, we're calling on you right now because we need you, God, in these last and evil days like never before. Somebody needs to be saved today, God. Somebody needs deliverance on today. Somebody needs healing. Somebody needs their heart fixed because we done lost somebody very dear to us that you gave to us, God, and it seems like you're taking them back away from us. And God, we don't always understand. We don't understand that when we're trying to do the right thing, it seems like all these other things are against us and we don't know how to get through. God, we need you today. We need you today, God, like never before. God, we need our hearts to be fixed. We need to understand your word more, God. We need to be wrapped in your loving arms even the more God calls us to stay focused on your word and on your plan. Bless us, God, that we will not become stumbling blocks to one another because we want to be so important, God, but that you would be so important to us. Lord, bless us that this place will open up and be running over with people who just want a touch from you, Jesus. We just need a touch. We just need a word, God. We just need you on today. How sweet it is to be loved by a father like you. There's nobody like you, God. Nowhere, no how, God. There's nobody like you. We just need you. For those under the sound of my voice, I don't want to take for granted that everyone is saved. Because everyone may not be for those of us that's on social media, you, you may not, you might not have told anybody, you might have been sitting in church forever, and never said the words, "Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I believe that you came to die for me, God, and to save me and to bring me to you, Lord. Please, God, come into my life." And if you said those words in any form of manner, it doesn't have to be all perfect because God created you and the Holy Spirit is already in the seat and even as we speak you saved today I know you might be looking for a lot of fireworks and fanfare and all these wonderful things that just all of it take place but God said we make things more difficult than they have to be we just have to ask him save us Jesus that's all you have to do ask him hallelujah God also wants to bless you today and let you know that there are some more churches that are still open. You might want to find one the Bible believing in church while you can and get connected. Because there's going to come a time where you better have that word hidden in your heart. You won't be able to go to the place and connect. Church will definitely have to be exactly living inside of you and me. But if you do need one today and you got one, we have a place of God right here where God is rest ruling and abiding in this place. Under the angel of this house, our pastor George Porter, God wants you to come on in so that we can love on you. We got work to do so you can come in. You can rest yourself for a while. You can be fed for a while. You can learn and study so that God can equip you and bring you back out to where you came from so that you can help lead somebody else to Christ. Come on in if you want to. We would love to have you it will be a blessing hallelujah to god for those of us who just need prayer hallelujah we don't have to have a perfect or a particular way to talk to god prayer is simply us talking to god and him answering us by his word it don't have to be fancy you don't even have to worry about what your status is because he died so that we don't even need a mediator to be able to come to him and talk to him for ourselves. He loves us just that much. Come on and be reconciled back to God because see, some of us already know and had an experience with God, but our hearts got broken along the way and we backslid. Some of us did cartwheels back, we didn't even slide. God is calling for you today. He wants you to come on back in the place. Come on back in the fold. He loves you. We bless and honor you today for all that has already taken place. We ask that not only that you heard the word for today, but you will relish on it throughout the week because something is going to encounter in your life where you're going to have to make a decision. I'm going to stand for God by any means necessary. I hope the word blessed you real good. God bless you.